Good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you online. Good to see you in video overflow. And good to see you guys. Wow. Did you love the rain this morning or what? Wow. If you've lived in the desert for a long time, just know it's water from the sky. It's okay. There's nothing to fear. <laughs> in fact, today we are going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about some things that we're afraid of. And we're going to talk about what Jesus has to say about that. Uh, so we're going to get to know each other just a little bit, all right? So whether you're online, you can write in the chat section. If you're in video overflow, I already cued you on what to do. Uh, in the main hall, well, I want you to turn to someone next to you in just a second, and I want you to tell them something you're afraid of, all right? And I'm going to go first. All right, we value vulnerability here. I am afraid of birds. I am. Is there anyone else here that's afraid of birds? Anyone else afraid of birds? Yeah. No? Oh, man. Did I see a hand? Are you afraid they're going to swoop in and peck your eyes out? Yes. Okay, that's what I'm afraid of, right? So whether you're online or video overflow, turn to someone next to you and tell them something you're afraid of. All right? Ready? Go. I'm checking in online. You want to see what people online are afraid of? Let's, let's see what they're, what they're afraid of, right? Online, here's, here's some things that you're afraid of. Let's see. Afraid of snakes. Anybody say they're afraid of snakes? Yeah? Okay. Afraid of darkness. Anybody afraid of darkness? I'm afraid of water. Not water from the sky, like deep sea water, it says, all right? Yeah. Anybody afraid of heights? Yes, that's a lot of times people online are afraid of heights. Man, we are afraid of all sorts of things. You know, uh, one of the things that I loved growing up is I watched a show about being afraid. It was called Fear Factor, hosted by Joe Rogan. Have you guys seen Fear Factor? They try and overcome their fears as part of a game show, okay? Joe Rogan was the host. And if you're, if you're younger, you don't know Joe Rogan from Fear Factor. You actually know Joe Rogan as the number one podcaster of 2023, the Joe Rogan experience, all right? Anybody listen to podcasts? Joe Rogan, number one podcaster. And sometimes when we think about fear as followers of Jesus, maybe we're afraid of snakes or we're afraid of heights, we're afraid of the dark, but sometimes even as followers of Jesus, we're afraid of talking about Jesus. We're afraid of even just saying, I go to church or I'm a follower of Jesus. And Joe Rogan, who isn't a follower of Jesus to my knowledge, uh, he talks about all sorts of stuff on his podcast. In one of his recent episodes, he talks about what it's like being a follower of Jesus in 2023. What it's like being a follower of Jesus and how uh, Christianity is mocked. Fascinating. Let's just watch this 30-second clip from his podcast. 
Christianity is the most mocked religion. Like we, we want to look at religions with uh, respect and dignity, whether it's Islam or Hinduism. We look at those with respect and dignity. And even if they have practices that we don't agree with, we sort of give them this leeway that it's a part of their religion. Yeah, Christianity. Christianity, Christianity is the, the most openly, easily mocked mm. of all religions. It's, it's the most derived. Of Isn't that fascinating? It's fascinating just that Joe Rogan recognized that Christianity is one of the most mocked religions. And, and maybe in your home country, I know in my home country, maybe in yours, Christianity is mocked. I'm really grateful to God that we live in a country here where it's an environment of tolerance and conversation is encouraged, uh, respectful dialogue to find out more uh, is acceptable. But worldwide, Christianity is one of the most mocked religions. And sometimes, as we're followers of Jesus, we can find ourselves aware of that, living in a cancel culture that tries to silence when we talk about Jesus. And so we're going to talk today, how do we follow Jesus in a world confused by, skeptical of, and even hostile towards Jesus' followers? If you're a follower of Jesus, you'll definitely want to keep paying attention to this because Jesus addresses it. If you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you're here, you're exploring, you're finding out more information, that's great. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can ask yourself this question. What evidence do you see here and now of God's work in your friends that claim to follow Jesus, in your Jesus-following friends? All right, so what evidence do you see in your Jesus-following friends? What evidence do you see of your Jesus-following friends and God at work in their life? We're going to see that what drives us to sometimes remain silent or to be a little bit guarded in the midst of some cancel culture, in the midst of mockery, in the midst, midst of sometimes social disapproval, what we're going to find here and now is we're going to find one flawed misconception. And this flawed misconception drives everything that we're doing or not doing. This one flawed conception actually hinders us from being about the very things that we talked about last week. Pastor Ray did a great job sharing with us about how we as Jesus followers are sent with his message. And that he uses us to carry that message, to talk about Jesus and Pastor Ray shared, it's a wonderful message that is freely given because we have been freely changed by God. There's nothing that we've done to deserve it. And so we never charge for the message of Jesus. But even though we heard it last week and we've heard that message before, sometimes throughout the week, we can find ourselves feeling a little tongue-tied or even apathetic towards talking about Jesus. If you're online and you see something that's been posted online and you go, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't quite connect with what it means to be a follower of Jesus, you can think, well, should I say something? No, I'll just remain silent. I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> or maybe you think to yourself, oh, man, I, no, I don't agree with that. I'm going to speak up. And then you open your mouth and you go, 
Or you talk with a friend and they say, hey, what did you do this weekend? And you want to say, oh, I had a great time. I went to, in Jesus community with Jesus people and we learned about Jesus' message. But instead you're like, oh, I went to church and lunch. And... Right? Like we find ourselves just a little tongue-tied and it's, it's sometimes hard to talk about Jesus. We're going to see that this flawed misconception is what drives us to remain silent or apathetic, right? And then we're going to see five follower descriptions, right? Here is, before we get to the five flawed, uh, flawed, five follower descriptions, here's the flawed misconception, right? The flawed misconception is that we think opposition is avoidable. We think that opposition is avoidable. That if we just remain quiet, if we remain silent, if we don't do anything, we don't say anything, we're just going, mm, yes, 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 we agree to everything, then we think that we can avoid opposition. But that's not what Jesus says. No, no, what Jesus says is opposition is not avoidable, opposition is inevitable. That opposition, if we're really living for Jesus and we're really talking about him and we're really sharing his message, guess what? Opposition is inevitable. Inevitable. Opposition is inevitable. Look, this is the passage right after we talked last week when Jesus sends people out carrying his message. And then he says this. Jesus says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. He says, I'm sending you out in the midst of sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, if you live in a city and you've grown up in the city, you may be unfamiliar with the relationship between sheep and wolves. All right? Sheep and wolves are not designed to be BFFs. Right? Like, like if, if there's a sheep, it's not going to try and put a, put a hoof and a leg around a wolf and be like, hey, all right, no. No, no, no. Wolves hunt, stalk, kill, and eat sheep. Sorry if that's news to some of you. <laughs> no, wolves and sheep are not designed to, to be uh, the, the compatible all the time. No, Jesus says, I'm sending you out into a tough environment. Carrying my message it also carries with it some opposition. So he says, so be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. Wise as serpents. The serpent uh, in the times where the Bible was written, the serpent was uh, a symbol of wisdom, of strategy, of cunningness, of shrewdness, of calculated decisions in the midst of difficult circumstances. Really, really wise. Really strategic. Sometimes speaking up at just the right time with the right tone. Sometimes remaining silent. Wise as serpents. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, ask God to give you wisdom and say, God, I know that you've told me to be wise as serpents. Show me those strategic times to speak up, the strategic time to share, the strategic time to talk about Jesus. So that coworker that you're with, that neighbor, that family member back home, whatever it is, if, if they say, uh, hey, you know, there's something different about you. And you might, you might say, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, no, 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 I, I, I know there's something different about you because, you see, everyone else here in the workplace holds a grudge. <laughs> everyone gossips about each other and they speak poorly of each other, but, but you seem to forgive really easily. Like, what's, what's the deal with you? Instead of just saying, 
oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that, you're right. <laughs> no, 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 instead of that, just use that as a wise opportunity to be, you know what? I know that I'm just as flawed as everybody else, but Jesus tells me in the Bible to forgive as I've been forgiven. And Jesus has forgiven me, and so I know that as his follower, I want to forgive others. Be wise as serpents. But also, Jesus tells us to be innocent as doves. To be innocent as doves. To be innocent of sin. To be innocent of offense. Of willful offense. And so as we're having conversations about Jesus, it doesn't mean to be wise as serpents and to just be a bulldozer and to be rude and offensive. And, and No, no, no. But instead... To be an innocent as doves, innocent of blame, innocent, uh, innocent of tarnishing the reputation of Jesus. That we would never, in conversations about Jesus, we would never coerce or manipulate or, or try and uh, finagle anybody into changing anybody's mind. We wouldn't be insulting of anybody else. No. So we would simply carry Jesus' message in Jesus' way. To be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. And then Jesus says, with great certainty, he doesn't say, and as you go about being wise as serpent and innocent as doves, you may face some troubled situations. You may face some bumps in the road. No, Jesus doesn't say it might happen. He says it will happen. Look at what certainty Jesus says. He says, beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Not if, but when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your Father speaking through you. Jesus says, as you live for me, as you carry my message, as you talk to others about me, you will face opposition. You, you will face it. And maybe as you're thinking right now, you're like, ooh, well, I, I don't know about talking about Jesus. That makes me kind of anxious. What if, what if, what if this, what if that, what if that? And well, that's why I love Jesus says, do not be anxious. And he tells us, do not be anxious. Why? Because you will be given, the Spirit of God will speak through you, you will be given the right words to say at the right time. Look what it says in verse 19. It says, do not be anxious, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Do you believe it? Do you ever feel worried about being tongue-tied? Like if people ask you about Jesus, or they ask you a question about the Bible, and then you're like, oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, you see, uh, in the beginning, God created the world, and then uh, Noah came, and he built the ark, and then some other stuff happened. Oh, man, I'm blowing this. You ever feel a little anxious about talking about what you believe, what God says? Yeah, it says, don't be anxious. All right? Here's a phrase. If someone ever asks you a question about Jesus, asks you about God, asks you about the Bible, here's a phrase that you can use, all right? I don't know, but let's find out together. All right, let's practice that. I don't know, but let's find out together. Let's practice it again, right? You ask, you ask this question, you don't know the answer, and you're like, ah! I don't know, 
but let's find out together, all right? Men, let's practice the first part, ready? I don't know, just wanted us to practice that again, all right? <laughs> I don't know, let's find out together, because if I say I don't know, guess who does? God. God knows. I don't know, but, but God knows. So let's find out together in the Bible. I don't know, but let's find out together. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will, you'll be given the message at the right time. So you say, I don't know, but let's find out together, right? I don't know, but the Spirit will give you the right words anyway. The right words at the right time. And if you feel like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm just making a mess out of this. Well, don't depend upon yourself. It doesn't say you'll have the right words. It says you'll be given the right words at the right time, right? So I don't know. Let's find out together. And then just wait for the Holy Spirit to give you the right words at the right time because the Spirit guided Jesus in his life too. In Matthew 3.16, it says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Matthew 4 says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness when he was tempted by the devil. Jesus himself was led by the Spirit. And we know we have God's Holy Spirit inside of us that leads us and will give us the right words at the right time. Jesus continues on and he says, brother will deliver brother over to death and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be accepted. No. <laughs> You'll be approved of. Mm -mm. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. As you carry Jesus' name, you carry his targets. You will be hated for my name's sake. My name's sake, an Old Testament uh, language of used by God's people to show their allegiance to God and their worship of the one true God. Jesus says, if you, if you start talking about me, you carry my name and my target. He says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Jesus' followers carry his name and his target. John 15 says, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. 2 Timothy says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If you're a follower of Jesus, do you desire to live a life that looks like Jesus? Who here wants to live a godly life? Anybody? Yeah? Let me hear you. Do you want to live a godly life? Yes. Who wants to live a godly life? Me. Who wants to be persecuted? See, see, that, that flawed misconception is in our head, and we're like, oh, yes, I want to go all in with Jesus. Oh, wait a second, no. Let me avoid opposition, right? No. Jesus said opposition is inevitable. If you carry his name, you carry his target. First Peter 4 says this, but rejoice. Don't recoil back. Rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. 
if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So this flawed misconception, we think opposition is avoidable, but actually it's not. No, Jesus says opposition is inevitable. Opposition is inevitable. We don't have to seek it out. We don't have to be a troll online or a jerk in real life and and just try and seek out opposition. No. Nor do we have to avoid it because it's, it's not avoidable. Opposition is inevitable. I remember when I first became a follower of Jesus, uh, there was this event at my school uh, called Prayer at the Pole, and people would surround flagpoles and pray for uh, America, my home country. And I remember as a follower of Jesus, there were two other followers of Jesus in the school. And so I got, to, I got together, I said, you guys, let's, let's go around the, the pole and let's pray. And so we all got together and we're praying and then the buses come and we're praying in Jesus' name. And, and all of a sudden as people were getting off the buses and they heard us praying in Jesus' name, they started to make fun of us and ridicule us and spit on us and throw rocks at us. And I thought, with this passage in mind, of course this would happen. Of course this would happen. I, I'm, I'm carrying Jesus' name, and, and so people, they're, they're not, it's, I'm not going to take it personal. It's not against me, it's against Jesus. And as I grew as a follower of Jesus, I met people from all around the world. And some of you have come to this country because in your home country, the consequences are far greater than being spit upon or have rocks thrown at you. Sometimes the consequences of speaking for Jesus is to be dismissed from a job or to be disowned by a family member or even to lose your life for Jesus' sake. You see, opposition is inevitable. But we follow Jesus And he tells us to carry his message. And as we talk about Jesus' message, we simply share what what Jesus has done in our life and and we share the the truth of God that we have been given by him. You may face opposition. In fact, it's not a you may face opposition. If you're really sharing Jesus' message, you will face it. And that's what we're doing as followers of Jesus. And so we've seen this flawed misconception that, that opposition isn't avoidable, it's inevitable. And now we're going to look at these five characteristics, these five sketches of a Jesus follower. They're not exhaustive, but these are just five uh, portraits of a Jesus follower. If you're a Jesus follower, ask yourself, how am I doing in these five? Uh, if you're not a follower of Jesus, ask yourself, the followers of Jesus do, that I know, does their life look like this? All right? Number one, get ready for your mind to be blown, Okay. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, kind of get loose, exercise your brain. Okay, this one's going to blow your mind. Ready? Followers of Jesus, follow Jesus. <laughs> right? Followers of Jesus, we follow? Jesus. Well, that, that means that the Savior of our life is? Jesus. We believe in? Jesus. And so we obey? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher. A servant above his master. No, it's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant be like his master. 
If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? If they don't like Jesus, they're not going to like you. So, so don't bow to the approval of others. Know that if they don't like Jesus, they're not going to like you. Because our master is? Jesus, that's right. So followers of Jesus follow Jesus. That's number one. Number two, followers of Jesus fear God only. Followers of Jesus fear God only. All right, now we have several responses to fear when we're afraid of something. Uh, now, maybe we're getting a little deeper than a fear of snakes or a fear of heights here, all right? But when we're faced with that fear response, there's, you may have heard of two responses. Uh, there's actually four. Uh, we've, in fear responses, we've heard of fight or flight. That's right. There's actually four, all right? Here it is. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Fight, when you face a fear of following, or when you're facing fear of, as you're sharing about Jesus, fight is like, okay, great, let's have a conversation, let me just come into this, I'm going to tell you 10 reasons I'm right and 10 reasons you're wrong, I'm going to post it for the internet to see, and you, yeah, let's bring it on, right? That's, that's the fight response, Ugh. all right? Or maybe the flight response is, oh, oh, yeah, let me, let me share this with you, and someone's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever believed, and you're like, Okay, <laughs> right? And you just flee. Freeze is when someone says, oh, yeah? Well, you believe that. Let me ask you a question. And then you go, uh, and your brain just shuts off, right? It just doesn't work, right? Or fawn means over-agreeability. Over-agreeability. Someone's like, what did you do this weekend? You're like, oh, you know, I went to church, and we talked about Jesus. And you go to church? That's the dumbest thing. That's the biggest waste of time I've ever heard of. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a lot of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right? Here's what I want you to do. Turn to the person you talked with before or online. Just type your answers. I want you to talk about what your response is to fear, all right? Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, that over-agreeability, all right? So then the person next to you, tell them what your response generally is. Ready? Go. online online let's see let's see if you can lead us in the conversation what's your response online fight flight freeze or fawn we'll see as it comes in online let's see here all right that's a show a show of question or a, a show of hands freeze i see someone wrote freeze fawn most of the time all right who who responded freeze or you heard freeze in your in your groups all right who had freeze let's see it's okay just loosen up that arm shoot it up there all right freeze yep okay uh, fawn most of the time. Anybody else? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who fawns? All right, over agreeability. Show of hands. Let's see. It's all right. There's some other people raising their hands, so you're not alone. All right. Okay. Um, fight. Who uh, who who responds with fight? You just jump into it. Anybody? Yeah, those are the first hands to go up. That's why I didn't call on you first. All right. <laughs> all right. And uh, let's see. Which one did we miss? Oh, flight. It's okay. Raise your hands. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. All right. Flight. All right. This is what Jesus says about fear. Thanks, online. Uh, we're afraid here, too. So thanks for leading us in that. All right. 
let's see here. Well, let's see what Jesus says about fear. Have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are more value than many sparrows. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God values you more than the birds I'm afraid of? Yes. Do you believe that God knows every hair on your head? Me too. (laughs) We count the head from shoulders up, all right? So, if you believe that God really does value you, then we don't need to be afraid to talk about Jesus, right? But sometimes we are. So, last question. I want you to turn to someone next to you, or I want you to post it online if you want to. Why am I afraid of talking about Jesus? Why am I afraid of talking about Jesus? I'm not going to have you report this one back, all right? So, just have the conversations. Why am I afraid of talking about Jesus, all right? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, why do you think Jesus followers are afraid? Talk. So we know, we know that we're, we're all a little afraid to talk about Jesus sometimes. It's all right. Jesus knows that. That's why he talks about it, all right? So we fear God only, right? We don't fear man. We don't fear response. We don't feel lo- loss of anything, but we, we only have a, a respect, a reverence of God, all right? So followers of Jesus, follow Jesus, fear God only, and that manifests itself by acknowledging Jesus in public and then affirming our loyalty in the home, all right? But let's look at what Jesus says about acknowledging him in public. It says, so anyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Awesome! Here's the sobering part. Whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Jesus takes this mandate to talk about Jesus and his message seriously. That we as Jesus followers acknowledge him in public, no matter the cost. Out of a fear only of God is reverent respect of God. We acknowledge him in public 
And we affirm loyalty to Jesus at home. We affirm loyalty to Jesus at home, that our relationships at home are some of our most precious relationships. And Jesus did come to bring peace between us and our Heavenly Father through his death and resurrection. And with, because of that, we have peace with God. But our allegiance is to Jesus, not anyone or anything else. Look at what Jesus says about affirming loyalty in verse 34. He says, do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Why? Those, that sounds extremely, extremely intense. Well, Jesus gives us examples of why. It's that he is our primary allegiance. Number one, he is the one sitting on the throne. He, uh, he says, whoever loves father or mother more, not whoever loves father or mother, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Our king, the very one who has saved you and me, the very one that we follow with number one loyalty and allegiance says, if you think you found your life, you've actually lost it. But if you lose it, then you find it. So what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of losing uh, approval or acceptance? Or maybe afraid of losing an argument or your job or your life or losing power or losing comfort or losing face? Whatever it is pales in comparison to the reward from our heavenly king. Life with him forever. Because anything that we think that we have earned, whether it's power, whether it's acceptance, whether it's approval, whether it's friendship, whatever it is, all of that fades. It all just disappears like dust. It doesn't last. What are we afraid of? Let's go all in and follow Jesus. Let's go all in and follow Jesus, not so we can have our best life now of, of promised riches and, and followers, but no, this crown that we are promised as followers of Jesus. First Peter 5 says this, it says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Henceforth, 2 Timothy says, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Followers of Jesus not only follow Jesus and fear God only, acknowledge Jesus in public, affirm our loyalty in the family. No, we also retain God's reward. We retain God's reward, a reward that just pales Everything else pales in comparison to life with Jesus. Jesus finishes up and he says, whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. 
The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. This week, this week, I know it might be scary, but let's lean in and fully follow Jesus. Let's lean in and fully follow Jesus because there's nothing in life that beats fully following Jesus. At the end of our last service, a family came up to me and, and a wife says, uh, I just have to tell you, this is my husband and he's, he, we're really scared, we're really afraid, um, but this is an act of our family uh, leaning in and following, fully following Jesus. I'm going to let my husband speak. And the husband said, you know, it's been 20 years of marriage and I finally put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I realize part of that is, is taking some next steps with him. And, and it's a little bit scary, but I, I'm, I'm going to lean in and fully follow Jesus. What are some of my next steps to take? And I looked at my brother and I, I said, man, that is serious confidence in God. And then I encouraged him to join our baptism classes and, and make a, a public profession of Jesus. But what's the next step for you as you lean in and fully follow Jesus? Now, it may be kind of scary from going to zero to, to having some bold conversations. So uh, I want to give you a bridge, all right? Now, this is 15 seconds. 15 seconds is all it takes. We want to give you a training on how to share how the difference Jesus has made in your life, all right? So scan this QR code, and over this next week, just spend 15 seconds. Say, God, give me 15 seconds of courage. Really, you only need five, because once you begin talking, it just kind of flows, all right? So God, give me five seconds of courage, all right? Scan the QR code and work on your 15-second story. There's once a time in my life when this was happening, and then uh, Jesus completely transformed my life, and now you, we heard two of those in the baptism testimonies before, but take 15 seconds. Now, I know we're all busy in life, right? But if you don't have 15 seconds, <laughs> come talk to me because there's bigger problems than that, all right? <laughs> 15 seconds to lean in and fully follow Jesus. I look forward to what God will do in and through us as we lean in and fully follow Jesus. Not bound by fear any longer, but able to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, continuing to carry this life-changing message of Jesus. I look forward to how God will continue to work in and through us how as we lean in and fully follow Jesus, we'll find ourselves more connected with our Heavenly Father than we've ever felt before. That we'll find ourselves with renewed courage and steadfastness. That we'll find ourselves with reduced anxiety and increased gratitude. This week, let's lean in and fully follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for this reminder in your word. And we confess that there are times when we find ourselves fearful. And so whether it's fight or flight or freeze or fawn, help us to simply faithfully follow Jesus. Open up our eyes to these 15-second bursts of when we can talk about the difference that you've made in our lives. Give us love Give us wisdom. 
Father, give us opportunities. And we thank you that you have radically transformed our lives. That we no longer need to be afraid, but we can walk in confidence that you are the one that has all power and gets all the glory. And we pray in Jesus' name through the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.